Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Okay, I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Okay, and uh, today we are doing Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Really famous chapter. Everybody put it on your bucket list to go over to where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, by the way. Oh, and just sit right there on that hill. Over the Galilee, and there are just flowers in that cute we should have gone the there for this. Yes. Okay, we'll start a GoFundMe. Okay. And, we, okay. <laughs> and everyone wants to have that picture now that you just described it. I know, it. it really is. Also, if you go in the spring, there's real life lilies are oh, there yeah. when you learn about the spring. The lilies on the field, which is next week. So that's a teaser. Okay, that's a teaser. Um, okay, my favorite part, I get to start. Am I starting? You're starting. Okay, my favorite part of the Sermon on the Mount actually is the very first verse. So if you want to go there, Matthew 5, verse 1, there is so much to be taught in this one verse. In fact, the whole entire Sermon on the Mount can actually be summed up in verse 1. This is what happens. It says this, And seeing the multitudes, he went up, he is Jesus, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And here are the lessons that I love just right at the very beginning. First of all, he left the multitude behind, right? He left what was holding him back, what was right there, what would get in the way of this what was ordinary, sermon. Right? And he went up to this place. And anyone who wanted to come and learn this lesson had to ascend up to it, right? He's about to teach you a higher law. He's going to teach you a higher way of living. That's what's going to happen. And, Which, and we were talking about this this week that it's kind of neat that Matthew, who remember wants to tie you to the Old Testament, that um, Moses went up into the mountain to get uh, the law, invited everyone up and no one came, and he ended up bringing the law down the mountain. And now Jesus is fulfilling the law and bringing everybody up, up the, mountain. the mountain. And he's going to invite them to enter into this law that is going to lift them, right? It's going to allow them to live a higher law. Um, and you just love the visual that he goes up in the mountain to teach it. And anyone who wants to learn it has to come up um, to learn it with him. So that's the very beginning. And gets that. to just enjoy the, his presence and yeah. living a higher, a higher way. It's just an invitation. Yeah. Right? Um, and I love, I have written at the top of my chapter 5, this becomes a standard for all Christians, right? This way of living. It is the Christian life. Right. It's, he just spells out for you, this is what it's going to look like to be a follower. Yeah, in mm-hmm. fact, we found this in, the, in this commentary, you know, that we like. Um, this line by Harold B. Lee. Where did I put it? It lost. Oh, okay. He says, in the matchless Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has given us distinct ways by which we may receive joy. These declarations of the Master are a preparation necessary to enter into the kingdom of heaven. They embody, in fact, the constitution for a perfect life. Or the constitution for a Christian life, Mm -hmm. you know, you could say. Or, we renamed it, (laughs) um, the constitution for a happy life. Um, are you, do we want to talk about the Beatitudes now? Yes, are you? Okay. Yeah, let's talk okay, about the Beatitudes. Okay, so, oh, and I shut that. I think there was something else I wanted to show. But, um, 
So these are the Beatitudes. There's eight Beatitudes. The word means a happy attitude. Now everybody <laughs> wants to have that on your wall. Um, and every time it says blessed, that actually means a word that is happy are. So blessed are is a, the same Greek for are. Happy are those who, and you remember there's these eight lines. Um, a couple things that are neat about those is one, um, they are a list of promised blessings, particularly to people who've been persecuted, um, who've been downtrodden, who've been forgotten and looked over. Um, Jesus is giving them something to hope for. That's something about Jesus is there's always a happy ending. There's mm-hmm. always something to look forward to. You, happiness doesn't mean that everything's going to go right, but you can always look forward to hope and happiness in the end. And I, and I think the Christian martyrs would have looked mm-hmm. to these promises and anyone who's living a life downtrodden would have been like, oh, but he promises, you know, a, a blessing in the future. The other thing that's neat about these is their reversals. Um, if you went into a, a war room, if you got called into you know, meet the presidents and kings, and they said, hey, what's our plan for this? You're like, how about um, we have poor? How about, it's an exact opposite of the West, the way the rest of the world thinks. Right, because we want to say, who's the people who are blessed? It's the rich people. It's the, the people who nothing sad has happened to those people. Yeah, it's the people who are strong. It's the people, all these things who've, that are... Who've never been in lack. Yeah. Happy people are they who get their way. Right, you know, and then Jesus wants to be like, listen, zoop. let me tell you, the, the happy people are the poor, and they're the meek, and they're the people who are mourning. And people probably were like, what? That I don't think those are the happy people. Yeah, right? that's <laughs> not what anybody else says. Yes. But like, even think about your own life experiences, and that is true. I, I, um, I read this line from a Christian writer who said, I would much rather spend my life with the servants than among the stars of the world. Hmm. And think about like we we've taken a, a you know some trips together to to Mexico mm-hmm. into an orphanage and and there are these people who live there with nothing. Yes. And you really come away and you're like that is a reality. What Jesus is teaching there is an actual reality that they really are happy mm-hmm. are those, you know, who I think it was um, a a presentation I heard from Sherry Dew once who said, people have, in America, have everything except happiness. Yes, and it's so true. And we can't resist talking about Javier right now. I know, okay, just Uh, tell his story. Yeah, we just love Javier, who lives in... In Tijuana, there is a, a dump that is there. It's where people have brought garbage for years, for years and years and years. And people would go there um, when the trucks came and they would pull out the wire. And metal, any and metal, metal they anything they could get money from. And, and then so many people started doing it. More people started coming and then they would sleep overnight. And pretty soon, next thing you knew, people had built these little huts out of all of the garbage in the whole dump. And then people just started living there. It turned into this community. In the dump. In like the it dump. really is houses like yeah, it, all up the mountain If you've mountain never site. seen anything like it, you just can't even imagine. And they're right on top of each other. And you walk up and you're really just walking on, on garbage. garbage. That right. is what is happening. And in the middle of the dump, there is this little church. I wish I knew Spanish better, but it's called the Church of God in Spanish. La Iglesia de Dios. That might be it. And it's just this little (laughs) church right in the middle. There's a cross made out of two by fours right on the front of it. And we went in there, and I'll never forget, we went in and you walk in, and the first person you see is this darling man named Javier. And he says this to you, just in his broken English, 
are you here for to bless? That's what he asks. Every time you walk, I've been there. How many times have we been there? I've been there four times, I think. Every time I walk in, he asks me that. Are you here for to bless? And so we meet this cute man. And you have to say yes to him. Yes. yes. And you and you just kind of want to move there and, I'm here to and bless. bless for the rest of your right. life. That's what you want to do. Um, Javier's job is to help do um, cook this mill and clean it up. The people who live in that little place eat one meal a day. It's provided by the church. It's it's at breakfast time, but it's not necessarily breakfast. Sometimes it's um, meat and rice, and or like, and, but it's at seven in the morning. Eggs are in it, and just whatever they have, that is what they make. Well, you we made it, yeah. and then you serve it to all these people who come in, and they just they come once a day. That's when they eat, and, and the coffee and, for them. Yes. but they had a rule: only one scoop of sugar. But I always put in two for them because he's a rule breaker. Don't tell everybody them. that is why. <laughs> and. Um, Anyways, Javier has seven kids, and they are darling. They all come down, and and you just spend this time with him. And really, he is one of the happiest people you've ever met in your life. Um, we had the opportunity, one of the times we were there, to walk all the way up to Javier's hair, uh, house, which is at the very top of the whole dump. With that laundry, it's a laundry basket we, full we, of we just had like gone to the store baby and bought stuff. Everything and... we could think of that they would need, and we carried it up. We, we... went in the house. I <laughs> we followed and um, when we got up there we went in the house and it was just this tiny room you walked in the door was made out of a sheet a yellow sheet like with a bed pink sheet. peonies on it and you walked in and we all stood in a circle and our circle of was there 15 of us probably including his family yeah yeah the little kids were over on the bed and then yep and they and we squished. all stood in a circle that's how big the house was as big as what 10 people would be in the circle. And he was so happy we were there. And then he wanted to tell us how blessed he was. You tell that part of the story. Yeah, he so was cute. just like, um, on the way out, we passed by this little broken down Jeep. And he was like, um, I was blessed with this because people prayed for me. And, and it had a in. gas tank on top of the car because he had to fill up gas every two miles because it just leaks Leak out gas while he drives. Everywhere he goes. Um, his little kitchen, remember? Mm -hmm. It's like dug out from the mountainside. And he was like, this is a blessing because people have prayed for me. And it really is like, you were like, that looks like a rabbit hole. And it was his new little kitchen. With a little tiny table that they could prepare their food on. And everything in his life was a blessing. Everything. He always saw it. as a, every Yeah. Yeah. It, just everything was a blessing. And um, the, the phrase he teaches every person who comes is, Dios te bendiga, which is, God bless you, right? He, he wants to make sure God is going to bless you when you leave from there. And he, and he made us all memorize it so we would remember God will bless you, God bless you. And as we left, he said, don't forget to pray for me. Right. Because that's how I have all of these things that I have is because you're praying for me. And you, I looked at it and I just thought he has found contentment in that place where he is. He has found happiness. He has a job and he has his family and he's carving out his house and everywhere he goes he has learned to find um contentment there he's ha he's happy he's one of the happiest men i've ever met and when we drove away i actually asked so i took my three oldest kids and we drove away i said what are you guys bringing home from mexico like what's the lesson you're going to bring home from mexico and my oldest jack said i didn't know that you could find god in a garbage dump hmm. 
Like that's the lesson that he It's so good that he left with. And that's so. kind of what the Beatitudes are, right? He's a he's reversal. To it's you, a complete reversal. Yeah, find God in the place where you think God isn't. isn't. Right? That's what you're supposed to do. And you remember how it goes. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. It just goes through and it's telling you how that blessing where is. Where actual going happiness to is mm-hmm. right actual, actual happiness is in there and we had this idea which we thought would be fun for families or individuals to kind of write their own constitution for a happy life based off of the beatitudes like where does that happiness actually come from for people so we wrote one yeah that we want to read and we want to challenge you to do it do you just write your own we also. would love to see them so if you get them email written, them would yeah. that be so fun yes, if you so emailed them to, to us and just told us your constitution your... of happiness so we just sat down we went through Matthew 5, five. and it's, what, what even is it? 1 through 8, or one, no, like 3 through, three through, three through 11. 11. And we wrote down what all those words would be, and then like, if you were just going to say it in your own language, in, in the language of your house, what would that look like? Um, so here is our constitution of a happy life. When you feel you are lacking, you are blessed, because you will find your abundance in Him. When your heart is broken, you are blessed because he will come to mend you. When you become content with where you are, you'll be blessed, because you will learn to see God in everything. When you are empty and unsatisfied, you are blessed, because he will come to fill you. When you offer your heart to someone in need, you are blessed, because your heart will become like his. When you seek for the good, you are blessed, because that is where you'll find God. When your relationships need reconciliation, you are blessed because your father is the giver of peace. When you feel like you don't belong, you are blessed because he has already welcomed you in. And and we just live that out. I mean, there the image of that is us standing in that little home holding hands in prayer mm. and finding God in a in a garbage dump. And where will you see him in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. The constitution of a happy life is happy because it's centered around him. Yep. And it doesn't matter what is going on. It yep. doesn't matter what's happening anywhere as long as it is going to lead you closer to him. Present. That's right. what matters there. Right. So those are the Beatitudes. We love them. I, we should have... Okay. And okay. meanwhile, let me um, just say this. I can't help it. Why do I always want to think of a song? I know the name this time. And oh, the artist. okay. Okay. Um, we at one song that might be really good at this part of just learning to find God with wherever you are and what is doing. Nicole Nordeman is the artist. Her song is named Gratitude. Um, that'd be a great song to play um, during this part. It's just such a good song of, of turning your mind like that, that mind shift of sometimes God puts you in a place because the lesson you're about to learn, you couldn't learn in any other place. Right. You, you'd have to be poor. You'd have to be mourning. You'd you have, have to, to be, be lacking in order to yeah, learn Yeah, in that. order to learn that beautiful lesson that he has in mind for you. So that would be that would be a fun one to listen to. Yeah. Or Hillary's A Beautiful Heartbreak. Yes, Beautiful Heartbreak. We'll put Hillary both of Weeks. those. We'll Hillary Weeks, Beautiful Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. That's another really good one. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about these quick. So that we okay, can, what verses uh, are they in? Okay, this is in verse 13 mm-hmm. and then in 14 where Jesus says, this is what I want you to be. I'm going to read them. Okay. So they know where we are. Matthew 5, 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? 
It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. And we get asked the question all the time, why salt? What yeah, does salt right? have to do with anything? And even, so we're going to give a little bit of a thought, but we left boxes on the study sheet so you could think about this. Maybe it's a great question for younger yeah. families. Like, what's salt good for? And the commentary and... gives a really great de definition and description of salt. I think I can remember it. Okay, good. You just remember. Just... I closed the um, book. <laughs> it's fun to remember with salt the part of the offerings that happened at the temple, the sacrifice that happened at the temple, in order to make that sacrifice complete, required salt on the top of it. And it just um, helps you remember to be a covenant keeper. Salt, what sets you apart as being salt are the covenants that we make, right? The baptismal covenant, the covenants we make in the temple. When we live up to that, right. that's the savor. Right. It's living up to all of those things. Um, and salt reminds us that we are to be covenant keepers. That's what God has called that's us That's what to. they would have heard in that time. Mm -hmm. They knew that salt was connected with, with covenants. Mm -hmm. And so that's a neat connection. The other one is to be the light of the world. Should I read that um, one too? Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay, 14. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And then that awesome one about don't put your light mm -hmm. under a bushel, but on a candlestick and let your light so shine before men. Why? So they can see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Um, and so among other things, to be the light of the world is to be a witness bearer, particularly of him. We thought it was interesting that that title is generally reserved for Jesus. Mm -hmm. He is the light of the world. And now he is extending that invitation to them. You also, I want you to be the light of the world. I want you to give hope and warmth and light and direction um, to others also. Yeah, and I love the message that is in that, that we become the light bearers, right? We become um, the witness of what he would do if he was here. It makes me think of an experience I had several years ago. I was on an airplane. It was right when all those hurricanes were coming in Florida and they were gonna be so big. And I was sitting by this cute woman, older, and she had a cowboy, a white cowboy hat in her lap that she was carrying. So just right away, you just know you love her. <laughs> and she had, her hands were just, she had worked so hard in her life, you could tell. and. Do you know when people have those happy wrinkles by their eyes because they <laughs> smile so much? Totally like that. And as we started talking, I was asking her where she was from, and it turns out she was from Florida. And I had said to her, what, what do you think about this hurricane? And she was coming from somewhere else and then couldn't get home. So she was going to go stay in Texas. And she talked about that her daughter was there with her two kids, and they had gone and gotten her mother um, who was going to be by herself and they were all going to hunker down for the night and they had mattresses in the hallway and that's where they were going to stay. And as she talked, then she started telling me about the reason why she wasn't there is because when her husband died, she didn't have enough money. So she had to start this business. And the only thing she knew was working construction. And, um, so she was a general contractor in this world with really hard, you know, men who are workers and, yeah. and doers. And she, and she's this older woman that is trying to run this company and, she talked about that and how she was doing that and trying to balance home and, and this company. And then she talked about her son who had joined the army and how hard that had been supporting him and how nervous she was. And I said to her, wow, that has been a really hard couple years. I mean, you look at everything with the hurricane and, and then the, what's going on with your son and how sad it was about her husband and that he had died and left her in this situation where she really had to step up and, and be doing this. And that's a lot of hard things in a short amount of time. Right. And, and she said, yeah, but the hard things have taught me 
I have more to give. Mm. Because I've gone through those hard things, I've learned I have more to give in this situation. And as I thought about it, I was like, it's so true. She came to know the Lord, right? Through all of those hard things. She's learned to trust the Lord with her son's life. She's learned um, to hold on to him with the death of her father. We were praying for her family as that hurricane was coming. And, and all of those things, learning to know the Lord, had taught her what she could give, right? She was becoming the light of the Lord because she had come to know the Lord in really dark moments. Mm. And that coming to know him allowed her to become that light. She, she had more to give. And is that true about each of us? Are there times when we have experienced that light and, and we have more light to give mm. because we know what that light feels like in those dark moments? Right. It's neat to imagine the imagery of the closer you come to the light of the world because he would, a, a candle obviously. Mm. And so if I come close, it's going to light, you know, my soul, mm. you know, and then passing on to you on yes. a plane. That's just a neat, yeah. it's a really neat thing. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Okay. This next part is where he actually gives the higher law. So he actually quotes Moses and he'll say, remember Moses said, and then give and then lift everyone higher and say, but I say, so on the study sheet, we have the verses where you can write that, where you can look that up. Um, Last week, we teamed up our, our kids, an older kid with a younger kid, and gave them little blanks like this to work on in teams. Mm -hmm. And that was a great way to take families that might be spread in ages, you know, and um, Let them work through some verses work through together, together and stuff like that. We're going to read these um, for you. So if you want to fill them out, you can. Um, what Moses said and what Jesus has said. And it would be fun to let your kids come up with um, their own what, what did Jesus say? What would that look like in our life today exactly? We've kind of put them in our own words, not exactly what the verses say here. Um, and that might be something fun to do with your yeah, kids. Yeah, with them. Um, so it says, um, so this first one, verse 21, Moses said, thou shalt not kill. Verse 22, but I say, don't hurt each other. And Moses said in verse 27, don't commit adultery. But I say in verse 28, don't even look. Moses said, an eye for an eye, in verse 38. And then in this string of verses, he says, but I say, turn the other cheek, give double, go the extra mile, and have a giving heart. And Moses said, hey, your enemy. But I say, in verse 44, there's room at the table for everyone. So it's neat to see how he is lifting us to a higher way of mm -hmm. living, a more loving way of, mm -hmm. of living. Yeah, and one of the things that we loved about this is as you look at each of those things there that he's giving, reading through the commentaries and some of the Bible studies that you go through will give you added insight on what he was talking about. One of our favorite ones is when he talks about if someone asks you to walk with them a mile, go with them too. One of the Bible commentaries we read talked about what he was talking about is when the Romans would come through a city, they would actually compel the people to come and carry their luggage all the way through that city. Which would be hard. Can you imagine carrying someone's luggage, their, you know, everything that they had all the way through the whole city? And, and they what, didn't have those rolling bags. <laughs> right. They did not have rolling. They were probably big trunks. And Jesus said, I don't want you to just carry it through the city, right? I want you to go another mile past the city and then let them go on their way, which would have been hard because they didn't necessarily want to be carrying those to begin with. 
And every time I think about that, that's, I, I mean, think cause, about... Wait, cause that's what he's always asking us to do, right? Is carry other people's burdens. Burdens. That's, like, the, that's, that's his... our baptismal covenant, right, right? Right. Bear one another's burdens. That's what it means to be the salt. And not just for right? one mile, right? But the I extra. want you to go the extra mile. And it made me think to myself, I have had a sister and a dear friend who both lost babies, mm-hmm. little babies. And um, both of their boys' names were Miles. That mm. it just ended up, they both had named their babies the same thing, Miles. And I had the opportunity um, at my one friend's son's funeral to speak at that funeral. And as I was looking through his little life and the time of service that had been put into his life, and this was a baby who had a lot of health challenges. And not only the mom and dad were involved in that baby's life, but our whole ward was involved in giving to that um, baby and serving that baby and helping that family. and we really have learned the meaning of service. I wish I could tell you all of the things our ward pulled together and did, but I just, I remember clearly that bearing that burden with that family. And as I was preparing that funeral talk that night, immediately this um, scripture came to mind, just immediately through the spirit of the lesson that we had learned with this baby was you, you don't just walk one mile with people, you walk two, and that his name was Miles. miles and that's mm. what we're called to do is those miles with people that that's if Jesus was here he would have walked through that whole thing with that family and he did um, I remember I said to the mom um, would you have ever chosen not to go through this and she said to me no because I came to know who Jesus was because of this experience mm. that we went through and and he was there through all of it but he taught all of us to help carry that burden also and um and it's the lesson we learned about miles about going that extra mile yeah and there from that mom is that is that lesson from the beatitudes again right blessed are those mm-hmm. who have lost yeah right for they will be found by yeah. him and they, and filled by and, him right. right and find abundance in him they will see him everywhere that is the promise of the Beatitudes, wherever you are, um, to learn to see him in that place. Okay, and the last thing we want to talk about here is just this idea. He actually ends the whole, uh, that chapter 5, in this verse, 48, um, which is the hardest commandment of all, (laughs) right? (laughs) Where you're just like, who can keep this one, is what you think originally. Um, Although my friend was teaching this once in seminary. <laughs> I had I'm so this. worried about this story right now. <laughs> and accidentally said to everybody, do you want to know the hardest commandment? It's verse 28. Instead of saying 48, he accidentally said 28, <laughs> which is, but whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, and he didn't know he'd done it. And so he was just asking all the kids in the class, he's like, is that hard for you? Is that isn't that hard for you? And he's like, it's really hard for me. I cannot keep verse 28. You know? And everyone's like, we don't know what to say. And they're like, what do you mean? And he looks and he's like, oh, 48, everyone. I mean, 48. That's the one that I mean where it says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Um, There's two things we want to teach on this. And number one is what that word perfect means. It's actually in your footnotes in the script. In, if you have the LDS King James, um, it means to be complete, finished, fully developed, or whole. Um, and every time I hear that word whole, you can't help but think of that phrase from Jesus saying, I will make you whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, when you think of the one finished, uh, that he's the author 
And the finisher. And the I mean, finisher. you look at every one of those words, and they, they can't happen unless he's in it with you. Right, yeah. And so when he gives that commandment, be therefore perfect, perfect does not mean flawless. Mm. Um, Jesus was perfect in a flawless sense. But this command is to be made whole, to be completed, to be finished, you know, by him. If there's one thing that the Sermon on the Mount helps everybody realize, it's, it's I can't do that. I cannot live the that high, high of a law. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't do all of these. I say, don't even look. I say, don't hurt each other. It's, it lays it out in a way that is so clear to say, you can't do it. And so that ending line, which for some people has kind of like discouraged them, is actually the most encouraging verse of all to end and say, um, I know you can't do it, but I can make you whole. And you love that he ends in five with where he began, which is leave behind the multitude, leave behind what holds you back, leave behind you know, any of this stuff that is not going to allow you to do this and ascend to a place where you can find me because with him, this is possible for us. This is what we're trying to become and he's going to help us become it. But if we choose the multitude over the master, we're never going to be able to do it. Right. Almost like it ends in one more beatitude, which is um, for those of you who fall, you are blessed because you fall into my embrace. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. an awesome chapter. So good. And there's two more just right on the tails of it where we're just going to keep learning that are, this. That are coming. Yep. But this not higher today. Law. We're done not for today. today. We are done today. <laughs> Go get your dessert, your cookies, whatever yeah. fun thing you're about to have. Yeah. After Hopefully no one watches this on a fast Sunday. Then they're sad. Oh, it's later maybe. Break your fast. Eat the cookie. <laughs> See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.